98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has lauded Team Hong Kong for their best performance ever at an Olympic Games after they won one gold, two silvers and three bronze. The head of Hong Kong's delegation to the Tokyo Olympics has urged the government to pour more money into sports and not just those that the SAR won medals for. And Chinese e-commerce giant Alibaba has fired a manager because of, accused of raping a female colleague. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has paid tribute to Hong Kong's athletes, saying they had showcased the SAR's extraordinary capability by achieving the city's best Olympic results in history, with one gold medal, two silvers and three bronze. Cycling star Sarah Lee also became the first SAR athlete to win medals at two Olympic Games. Meanwhile, athlete Mooney Chu, who was part of Hong Kong's fencing team at the Olympics, has said competing in Tokyo was a surreal experience and a dream come true. The fencer told RTHK's Backchat programme that she believes Olympics fever in Hong Kong will continue for some time. I think it was just very surreal because it was held under very um, special circumstances. So just being able to be there was a very, very good feeling. And being able to see other athletes and compete in the same field is also very, like a dream come true for Mm. me. I think Hong Kong has improved a lot over the years, especially after Rio Olympics last year. Um, I think it's due to the media exposure and especially after this year, I'm sure the city is going to be very um, Olympic feverish. And I'm sure a lot of kids will be signing up for fencing classes after this. The Hong Kong Sports Institute chief executive says she's absolutely delighted with the Olympic team's results. Tricia Leahy attributed the success to Hong Kong having world-class venues for athletes to train in, top coaches and the sports science technology and services to produce what she called marginal gains. She told RTHK that ongoing investment in sports was the way going forward. I think what we uh, like to see is that every time we go to the Olympics, Hong Kong should come back with some medals. Um, and the only way to do this is to keep putting the investment into the right critical success factors that result in marginal gain outcomes. That's the difference between a medal or not a medal. Meanwhile, the head of Hong Kong's delegation to the Tokyo Olympics, Poi Kwan Kei, says while the authorities put a stronger emphasis on sports that have won medals in the past, he thinks the government should put more resources into developing sports that may have gone under the radar and have potential. The Consumer Council says that if people try to get a refund for a consumption voucher purchase, the money should be returned to their e-payment accounts. The Watchdog's chief executive, Gilly Wong, noted that a department store refused to do so and was only willing to issue spending coupons. She says this damages consumer rights. You want to make a refund? Your right is to refund to your consumption voucher account instead of trade to other spending voucher or gift voucher from the merchant that you are forced to spend money there instead of the right to have the freedom to spend in uh, um, someplace else. Ms Wong added this was one of around 100 complaints the council has received over the vouchers so far. Health officials say from Wednesday, people who are aged 60 or above will be able to receive coronavirus vaccines without needing to make a reservation. They say the walk-in arrangement has been working well with seniors who are 70 and older. About 4,600 same-day tickets will be distributed daily on a first-come, first-served basis at 24 vaccination centres. Chinese e-commerce giant Alibaba says a manager accused of rape by a female colleague has been fired. Two senior managers have also resigned for failing to deal appropriately with the incident. The BBC's Katie Silver has the story. 
In a post on the company's internal website shared on Chinese state media, a female Alibaba employee accused her manager and a client of raping her when she was very drunk and unconscious on a work trip a few months ago. She says her boss used a duplicated hotel key to enter her room four times when she was passed out. When she reported it, rather than firing him, she says Alibaba chose not to in order to protect her reputation. It's led to an outpouring of support from more than 4,000 of her colleagues. In an internal memo seen by the BBC, Alibaba says in response it is forming an anti-sexual harassment policy and that it staunchly opposes the ugly forced drinking culture. Mainland state media say virtually the entire population of Wuhan, the city where COVID first surfaced, has now been tested after a resurgence of the virus. The authorities say more than 11 million people have undergone testing since Tuesday when cases of the Delta variant emerged. They say they found 37 locally transmitted COVID cases and 41 asymptomatic carriers. A Wuhan government official, Li Tao, said testing would continue. On the 3rd of August, Wuhan started citywide nucleic acid testing. So far, more than 11.2 million people received tests, basically covering all the municipal population except college students who have returned home from Wuhan for summer vacation and children aged under six. We will continue checking and making arrangements for those who have missed tests. A surging COVID-19 cases in the United States to the highest level since February has caused organisers to cancel the renowned New Orleans Jazz Festival for a second year running. The organisers had moved the event from April to October in the hope the US vaccination programme would enable it to go ahead, but decided against it because of the surging cases. The director of the National Institutes of Health, Francis Collins, warned that the country was failing to keep the coronavirus in check and was paying a terrible price for not having a more effective vaccination programme. Firefighters in California are battling 11 major wildfires across the state. One in the north has now grown into the second largest blaze in the state's history, forcing widespread evacuations of residents. The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, said the damage was unprecedented. The dries are getting a lot drier and the heat and the hot weather is a lot hotter than it's ever been. The extreme weather conditions, extreme droughts uh, are leading to extreme conditions uh, and wildfire challenges likes of which we've never seen in our history. Wildfires are continuing to burn on the Greek island of Evia. Dozens of villages have been evacuated and ferries are on standby to bring more people to safety. The BBC's Bethany Bell is on the island. Greece's Deputy Civil Protection Minister Nikos Hardalias said the fires around Athens and in the Peloponnese region were subsiding. But the blazes rage on in Avia, ripping through forests in the north of the island. In some areas, a thick cloud of orange smoke and ash obscured the sun. Greece has deployed the army to help battle the fires. Mr Hardalias said the emergency crews were making superhuman efforts to combat the fires but many locals say they feel abandoned by the authorities. As international concern mounts over violence in Afghanistan, the Taliban have rejected calls for a ceasefire. The insurgents have seized three more provincial capitals in a day. In the city of Kunduz, government forces only appear to hold their own base and the airport. The BBC's Paul Adams reports. 
Amid growing international calls for the Taliban to halt its advance, a spokesman for the group's political office in Doha told the Qatar-based news channel Al Jazeera that there was no agreement on a ceasefire with the Afghan government, and he warned the United States, which has almost finished withdrawing its troops, but is still conducting airstrikes against any further intervention. Kunduz is probably the Taliban's biggest prize so far, a large city at the heart of a strategically and economically important province. One resident told the BBC the Afghan army had simply left the city. Hamas has expressed its shock over prison sentences in Saudi Arabia for what it says are dozens of its members living there. The militant group says 69 of its Palestinian and Jordanian members and supporters have been given jail terms ranging from 3 to 21 years. The men were arrested three years ago on charges of affiliation with a terrorist organisation and raising funds on its behalf. Hamas described the sentences as harsh and unjustified. In financial news, inflation on the mainland eased less than estimated in July, with consumer prices rising 1% on year. Analysts had forecast a 0.8% inflation. This followed a 1.1% gain in June. Meanwhile, official data also showed that factory gate prices grew faster than expected. The July producer price index grew 9% from a year earlier, adding to pressure on businesses struggling with high raw material costs. Locally, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,407. That's 235 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $88 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.19 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 17 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 79 cents. To sports, Tokyo has passed the Olympic flag to Paris, the host city for the next summer games. 16 days of action had been marked by the COVID pandemic with the number of spectators cut and athletes confined to their rooms and venues. From Tokyo, here's the BBC's Dan Rowan. Up until a few weeks before they began, many expected them to have to still be cancelled. And even when it became clear that they would go ahead as planned, many thought that it would be a soulless experience made purely for television and that it would be badly affected if there was an outbreak in the athlete's village. The fact that Tokyo is waking up this morning with those fears proving unfounded, I think will be a huge source of relief to the IOC. And there'll be a real sense of gratitude from the Olympic movement and indeed from the athletes towards the hosts that they refuse to buckle. Matt Carroll from the Australian Olympic Committee has said that the restrictions had created a strong bond within the competing teams. All the athletes from whichever country arrived at Tokyo Airport into the village, from the village to training venues, competition venues, within 48 hours home. So the village became the only space they could congregate during the Games. And we found that built a great team ethos uh, in the Australian team. And I think that also was reflected in uh, Olympic teams across the, across the world. In football, the focus switches to Paris Saint-Germain following Lionel Messi's tearful departure from Barcelona. The Argentine superstar said goodbye to Camp Nou yesterday because Barca cannot honour the new contract they had agreed with him due to La Liga's salary restrictions. French football journalist Sarah Manay says Messi's deal with PSG is all but completed. Well, it seemed impossible a few days ago. It was just a dream for PSG and now it looks like it's happening. Uh, I understand there is an agreement. Uh, Messi received his contract this morning after a, a very moving press conference in Barcelona. Uh, Messi, along with his uh, father and agent, Jorge, uh, will arrive in Paris tonight in order to conclude uh, the transfer. 
um, we can understand that there is a, a two-year contract with the option to extend for a further third that has been agreed in principle between the PSG and Messi's entourage. Messi is expected to undergo a PSG medical tomorrow morning at the, the American Hospital of Paris. And his official presentation is expected on Tuesday at the Eiffel Tower. Barcelona started life without Messi yesterday with a 3-0 win over Juventus in a pre-season friendly. The Spanish league season opens on Friday. Radio Catalonia's Ernest Macias says it's a sad time for FC Barcelona and the city. Well, we are devastated. We are down tonight. It's been one of the most difficult days, even for us journalists. I mean, he's not just an FC Barcelona player. He's a, he's a legend. He's a living legend. He's the best of all times. We really believe so. And, uh, well, he's just uh, a person who is Catalan 100%. He's been grown in La Masia, although he came here with 13 years. Uh, but he's, he's a special, mainly because the history of Barcelona wouldn't be the same without him. And he's been sustaining the club by himself. The Arsenal and England forward Bukayo Saka has received a standing ovation from Tottenham fans in a North London derby friendly, his first action since Euro 2020. The BBC's Al Ross reports. Tottenham fans put their North London rivalries aside to welcome Arsenal's Bukayo Saka back to domestic duties for the first time since Euro 2020. Saka was given an ovation into Arsenal's 1-0 pre-season defeat at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, his first appearance since he was racially abused after missing a penalty in England's shootout defeat by Italy in the final. Spurs fans also displayed a banner which read, North London stands with Bukayo Saka and all players against racism and discrimination. The first cricket test between England and India has ended in a draw after play was abandoned on the final day at Trent Bridge because of rain. The opening match had been nicely poised, with India needing a further 157 runs to reach a victory target of 209. England captain Joe Root says the weather had robbed them all. I thought I played quite nicely throughout the whole game. Um, felt I found good rhythm in the first innings and I managed to take that forward into the rest of the test match. So hopefully that can carry forward throughout the series now and um, I try and find a positive way of, of looking at the scenario we find ourselves. And it is challenging. There's so many different things to contend with, but that's part and parcel of, of being England captain sometimes. And, um, and for this group as well, being in COVID times, it is very difficult. It's very unique. The second match of this five-test series gets underway at Lords on Thursday. Local weather forecast today will be mainly cloudy with sunny intervals and isolated showers. It'll be hot this afternoon. The outlook, there will be a few showers in the next few days, but it'll be sunnier later in the week. Right now, it's 31 degrees Celsius, humidity at 77%. To end the news, the top stories once again. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has lauded Team Hong Kong for their best performance ever at an Olympic Games after they won one gold, two silvers and three bronze. The head of Hong Kong's delegation to the Tokyo Olympics has urged the government to pour more money into sports and not just those that the SAR won medals for. And Chinese e-commerce giant Alibaba has fired a manager accused of raping a female colleague. The news from RTHK. Thanks, Todd. A very good Monday afternoon to you. Uh, this is James Ross in for Noreen for one day only. Think about it. There must be a higher love down in the heart or hidden in the stars above. Without it, life is a wasted time. Look
Yes, the great version of uh, Steve Winwood's Higher Love uh, by Whitney Houston, as remixed by Kygo. So it is the one, two, three show. James Ross here, and Noreen taking a break for the day, and uh, so full on for the music uh, through the show, and we'll also have trash talk later on. Marcy Trent Long uh, speaking with Clemens Kunze. Deputy Director at Heinrich Boll Stiftung about their Plastic Atlas Asia edition. 